No, you're a guest here, so you just back kick back and relax. So this, we went in different directions. She was polite and I was a dink. That would make sense. Anyway, um, so I'm your first guest. So this is like a trial. You figured you just screw it up with me and then you would, would do somebody who was more important and do it right. Exactly. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, awesome. I think we just got our cold open. Boom. Yep. Welcome to Great Question with Mia and Kate. It's a special episode. I'm still Kate. I'm Mia. It's nice to have a very special guest here. Or you can talk over me. It's fine. Again, we've never done this before. We have a very special guest. Why don't you tell us who you are and a little bit about yourself? Uh, I am Che, Mia's brother. That's my claim to fame. Uh, Father to my three children, husband to my wife. That's a, what else? A long, like long time New Orleanian as you are as well, me. So, you know, we never really lived together except when we were older. So that's weird. This is great. This is great so far. I love this. I mean, I would, I would amend that by saying lifetime New Orleanian. Yeah. What, what did you say? Long-term or long, long time? Uh, well, I mean, lifetime in the sense, I guess the majority of my life, but I spent three months at the beginning of my life in Mexico. Oh, that's right. You weren't, I'm the real one from New Orleans. That's right. You're, you were born in. You're the real one from New Orleans and I'm the actual Mexican. Yeah. Oh, wow. This has really kicked off with a lot of energy. (laughs) I love where we're all at right now. Um, so Che, as is the format, um, we got to check in. We got to see what everybody has consumed that is exciting on TV, on movies, uh, books, anything that that caught your fancy recently. Oh, um, man. We, if you think I read a lot, this guy consumes books probably three or four times the rate I do. All right. So let's talk about that first. Not what you're consuming, but how. Do you listen to them or do you read? Oh, I listen to them. I don't read like... I do a lot of reading screens for work. So yeah. I usually in, in transit, am listening to books on tape. Um, and I split between two library apps and audible in order to get the, you know, like pay for books through audible that aren't available in the library and then free books, uh, in the library. Wow. All right. So you're switching between these two apps. What are you listening to right now? So, Right now, I'm listening to the third book. Hold on. Let me find the... Um, Does this make you feel guilty, too? Because I don't know what book I'm listening to right now, but I know that I'm listening to a book right now. Wow. I don't no, know. No, I mean, called. I'm listening to um, this book called The Burning God, but The Burning God is part of... Oh, uh, is a part of a trilogy from a book called The Poppy War by uh, R.F. Quang. Which right. my wife was reading the poppy war and i was like oh i've heard about this book so let me pick it up on the library app and listen to that and uh it's good the um, the first one falls into that line of like the outcast or the forgotten person that has some special ability that then finds a quirky mentor that walks them through it and they're challenged by all these people because they're an outsider it goes on from there, but then um, the next two books, a little bit of a slog, but once I get into a trilogy, at, at, at this point I'm invested, so I kind of want to 
figure out where the story's going. And it's been it's been an interesting twist towards the end of these uh, this trilogy. So it's it's I don't know if I could say it's worth it. The first one I thought was really good. The second one there's just a lot happening, and then the third one there's a lot happening, but the outcome seems to be very unique. So, right. I want to pose a controversial question. Oh, we're going into the questions right away. No, no, no. This is this is oh, this, this is, is a great question, question but just, this is not, so serious. Yeah, well, like oh, okay. it's happening. Um, it's happening. You got to get ready. I had this conversation um, recently with a good friend who we I think have different standpoints on is listening to a book, reading a book. She made a really good argument about how yes, it is because in similar ways um, is learning music through listening the same as, you know, we look down on it um, mm. versus reading, you know, music off, Y'all of, a, sure do. off mm. of a sheet. Mm -hmm. um, but it is, it is reading, it is making music, whether you're, you learned it by listening or learned it off of a page. Um, I don't know. I think my brain feels different and does different things when I'm physically reading versus because I'm listening to um, something really heady, uh, Harry Potter, third book, Prisoner of Azkaban. I'm on, I'm at the end right now. That's another. Oh book my God. Yeah. Yeah. We're right at the, right at the end. Goose and I, after soccer today, we're listening to it in the car. It's you compelling, man. It's, it's all of those audiobooks are compelling. Also because the narrator oh, makes it entertaining. He has won so. award upon award. So, right. um, yeah, I, and he's my, six foot seven. Wait, wait, that's yes, that same that's guy. Stephen Fry, who's currently also, oh, wait, we can't talk about that because it's a strike. But anyway, uh, who he's on another show on a program. <laughs> <laughs> Stephen Fry. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I didn't realize. Holy shit. I didn't realize that was him. Yeah, he's wow. like a national treasure in England. Okay, so do you, what do you guys think hey, about? Uh, sorry. I guess my question is more like, does your brain get the same thing out of it? You can go first, Mia. Um, I feel guilty when I'm not physically reading a book just because that was my academic career. And so it's like I have a degree in literature. Why are you just listening to books? Um, but I also feel guilty about a bunch of weird stuff that society has put upon us. So I think I still get the same stuff out of it. Um, I think it's just a different part of my brain that's probably activated by it. Yeah. Okay. All right. Che, what do you think? Um, I would say this. I think people learn and uh, activate their brain in different ways. So people, you know, like you got to write it to remember it. You've got to read it physically see it or you've got to listen to it right uh, and hear it in order to remember it so i think the way that you consume anything is a function of one of those three uh methods right and so um i don't think that one is any better than the other i think they're different and they provide different things for you i know for a fact that when i read um, my brain isn't reading all the words on the page and i think that when someone reads it to you you get all the words on the page. I think, you know, as a way that I've noticed myself, I can move through, not speed reading, but read through stuff and be like, man, okay, I got the gist of it, but did I get the details of it? Now, mm. as I've gotten older and I've gotten more distractible, I think listening to it, I can also be like, all of a sudden I'll stop in the car and be like, I don't know what, and I'll, I'll 
rewind the book five minutes and be like, I'm, I don't know what I was doing, but I wasn't paying attention to this book, which I guess is probably good because I was probably paying attention to driving. Um, but I think that there's also a quality to listening to a book that you are taking um, the opportunity to take someone else's interpretation of how that book is presented uh, and brought to you and allow them to uh, influence, influence you a little bit on it. And, and it's, it's nice. It's something you can, you're still imagining the picture and picturing the stuff that is described, but the way that it's delivered to you and the voices and the inflection is a whole other experience. And I, I think that people um, who don't experience audiobooks are missing something sometimes in their experience with a book. Yeah. All right. Respect. Yeah. Nice. All right. Mia, have you yeah. been, I guess you can't talk about shows and and movies i am very excited because two physical books arrived at my home yesterday oh boy um the new the 11th edition of donald passman's everything you need to know about the music business which everyone in the music industry should have um it's a great reference tool um but it's not like a you know a reading book i'm not going to sit down and read it cover to cover again and then the other one is the authorized biography of tupac um, oh I'm boy! Very excited. Stacy Robinson went to uh, performing arts high school in Marin County, in uh, outside of Los Angeles, with Tupac, and so she's the only person who has ever been given permission and the rights to tell his story. Um, so she's got, you know, one her personal relationship with him, um, new interviews. She's got his journals. Um, all sorts of of uh, exclusive stuff. And now, what's his name? Keith D got arrested, so I'm sure there'll mm -hmm. be a, a revised uh, addendum coming out at some point. But I wanted to get it on uh, opening day, although I told you, Kate, I was very upset that Amazon packed Ooh. it so poorly. These two gigantic hardcover books in a comically large box with nothing to cushion them. <laughs> And so then Donald oh. Passman was all wedged up in the middle of Tupac bending pages. It was disgusting. Ooh. That is sad. That's sad. Uh, you sad. hate to hear it. Yeah. Oof, man, it's brutal. Like it's, you know, you respect what did that book ever do, right? To be disrespected like that. Yeah. Yeah. He's just the rose that grew from concrete. RIP. It's not just like the music industry. Am I right? It really is. So I think maybe this is a, a good time for us to head to a commercial. Ask. Oh, wait, you know what? So we talked about books, but but I did want to say, I don't know if you guys have ever heard of this guy, but I just came across this guy called Buffalo Nichols. Yeah. And uh, it's been uh, interesting to listen to. What is, okay. what like is Nichols, Nichols as in N-I-C-H-O-L-S, not as in the change. Oh, I didn't even assume that, but now I see why that's clever. Okay, I'm stupid. Yeah. Yeah, but it, it was a yeah, uh, music. Music, yeah. It's a uh, so it's blues, but I hear that he doesn't like to be called blues because he's also um, influenced by maybe metal oh, he or something it. like that. Um, but what I've heard was blues. I thought uh, in my limited musical knowledge, um, hmm. but it was very good. I, it was very entertaining. 
Awesome. It was a nice aside from listening to, while I like them a lot, the Rack and Tours, but my two and a half year old, every time he gets in a car, is like, we got to play the Rack and Tours. Now we played it so much that he sings along with Steady As She Goes, which is very entertaining. And I need to get on video because it's a lot of fun. Like he makes all of the dun, 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 dun like all the, the noises. So <laughs> it's a, he's having a great time. I'm telling you, I tried to sort of gauge the older two in terms of their musical ability, but that little one has better rhythm than than the older ones ever expressed. Mm. Well, like he can uh... count on beat. You can count one, two, three, four, and he'll keep it up and be like, mm, mm, mm. and he beats. He likes to stomp his feet. He likes to stomp his feet. He likes to make noise. He was beating something with a hammer the other day. I was like, okay. He was walking around with a pot. That's right. We're trying to go to bed and he had a pot and he was banging it with a hammer in his room. So I was like, okay. Yeah. So, but anyway, Buffalo Nichols, check it out. Check him out. I thought it was, uh, it was worth a listen. Okay. Yeah. I'm familiar with the, with the name and the act. I don't know that I know any of the music, so I'll check that out. No. Let's let's just all get ourselves together. Um, we'll see you on the other side of this commercial. All right, y'all, we're back, and I'm so excited. Oh, God. We get to ask a big and a little question of a big brother and a little sister. Mm. I'm mm-hmm. super excited. Okay, so the way this works... You guys are going to answer this question. It's going to be a great way to talk. But, Che, you get to do the honors. Would you prefer the little question first or the big question? No, let's go big question. Big question. Excellent. What do you appreciate most about your little sister? (laughs) Why Why did you react like that? Because I don't take you seriously when you say nice things. Oh, and now I just have to sit here. <laughs> this is great. What did you think I was going to ask? Hmm. Of course, I was. Of course, you're good. And now it all makes sense. Ugh. Right. Man, so that's that's a lot. I wish like I could come prepared to like really address things because I feel like now I'm going to leave some stuff out, right? But um, that's the point. This is off the off the cuff, off the heart. Off the cuff, off the heart. So I would say, you know. Um, her her strength of will and independence and ability to set a vision, uh, pursue a vision and achieve uh, a target and goal are uh, things to be admired. I think that those are not uh, easy to come by. And uh, when you when you have to fight for a lot of things and make it through those things, it's pretty tough. Right. And so a lot of people give up, um, see, see challenges in their way. And just say, I'm going to go do something that's easier or uh, will comply with what other people would like uh, to do. And she hasn't done that, right? And I think that that's uh, something to be admired. On top of that, I think the, the selflessness of, uh, of taking care of other people, um, being available for other people when they need help um, is uh, something to be admired. I mean, we all have we all have our own moments where, you know, we are... Uh, selfish and and are looking out for ourselves but um some people are only like that um but i i see mia uh always trying to help out like uh taking care of our grandmother for the period of time that she did and taking on that responsibility without um having to be asked to do that uh, but recognizing that, that that was a 
something that needed to be done and that she was the right person to do that and to be a caregiver and to to voluntarily take on that role um that's that's really admirable because it's it's really hard especially to be around people who are sick um and to help them through that process is that's not easy so you know that's off, off the, the dome top, off top the of the dome. i love it all right so i'm you, gonna you shift okay it. mia you okay you're like I'm like white knuckling my own arms right now. Yeah, I'm shifting it to you, man. Me? Yeah. Um, I should have been thinking of of like a more verbose way to say it. It's just oh, gross. Uh, <laughs> it's hard. It's hard for borders is to talk in like in the space and right? be emotionally vulnerable about how we feel about one another for sure. It's much easier for us to, you know, poke fun and uh, give each other a hard time and to show our affection that way, which is hard for others to uh, interpret. But, you know, you get there. That's a love language. Oh, for sure. I am very proud of the family that my brother has built. I think because of the way that I was raised and not having a traditional family, that idea scares me more than anything. Um, because it feels like building something completely from scratch without any sort of data to use. Um, and so I think he's built a, a really beautiful family and he provides for his family and he supports his family in, in all of their individual endeavors. Um, it's not easy to be the co-head of a household when most of them are borders people uh we are a lot to deal with Ugh, just like queasy all around um and i also okay. have i have always viewed my brother as more than just a brother he was most certainly a predominant father type figure in my life i wasn't raised with my brother he's 10 years older than i am for those who don't know we are not twins I'm going to discontinue that rumor now that I'm getting older and I don't like it anymore. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, he's always looked out for me in a way that I don't think anyone else ever has. And he still does. I, he's still the person that I, whose advice I seek um, whenever pretty much anything scares me or if I don't know what my next step is, I know that he's always going to be honest with me and you know, not, I don't want to say not protect my feelings, but also at the same time, not protect my feelings. Like he's going to be like, Hey, this is the reality of the situation. You can handle this. This is, this is what you need to do. So I love that. I want to barf. <laughs> I'm, I'm real sweaty. <laughs> I think that's a great uh, episode title. I want to barf. Um, real sweaty. Like, Ooh. <laughs> All right, so I have to ask my little question. It makes more sense now, which is actually great that we went big first. So I am an only child, and I come from on my mother's side. She was an only, and my grandma was an only. So that side is very small. My dad's side, he's one of five. He's the oldest of five, but not as close with that side of the family. Um, And so for me, I'm always fascinated with what it's like to have a sibling because we all know like we have different relationships we have best friends we have partners we have 
mentors we have you know and it feels differently i don't know what that what the sibling feeling is so i was going to ask each one of you what what does it mean to you to have a sibling like what does that feel like do you want to go first sorry do you need some time <laughs> do you want to go first sure i'll go first i always say that i got the best of both worlds um because for my very young years, I was raised essentially as an only child by my grandmother because of our age gap. And then I think we really started hanging out when I was getting ready to go to boarding school because he went before me. And that was really when he stepped up and was like, listen, save all your quarters now. <laughs> like These are the, you know, the tricks of the trade to living on your own as a 14 year old. And he made that a lot less daunting for me. And so that was nice. I would say in general, having a sibling for me, my experience has been like an, a bonus best friend and a bonus parent. Uh, but again, our dynamic is a lot different than other people's siblings because of that age gap. I feel like if we'd gone to high school together, he would have driven me insane. Like there was not enough room in that high school for the both of us because he was the mascot. Everybody knew him, very gregarious, big personality. And I was the music kid that everybody knew for those reasons. It was like, oh, that's the girl who does those concerts and stuff. And I also had a, a weird variety show that didn't take off like I wanted it to. Wait, hold up. <laughs> oh, man. Have you not seen any of that? That's the stuff. No. You have that. Yo, that. Oh. You take a weekend because it's, it's a lot to digest. A variety show. Mm -hmm. Okay. It was, it was called the Mebo show. And I took gross liberties with editing. I'll be honest. I painted some people in uh, a really bad light, just cutting relevant stuff out. It was hard wow. lessons to learn. I would not get away with it now. <laughs> oh, wow. All right. Uh, maybe our listeners on, on Patreon might get a special tiny clip of something. Probably like not. I wouldn't do that. A, <laughs> yeah. Wow. Okay. A, I mean, my, my advice like is a, a brother. Bunch of videos, like a bunch of music videos. Those are my first music videos for that. Oh, wow. For the Mebo show. Wow. <laughs> wow. 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 I'm learning more than I thought was possible right now. This is great. Oh, man. Yeah. All, All right, right, so Che, explain, like, what's it like? So you had 10 years with nothing. I'm thinking about 10-year-old Kate. She would have been pissed to learn, like, hey, guess what? Somebody else coming down the pike. So how did you feel? You got the news. There's a, a, a small Mia coming down the pike. And then what does it feel like to have a, a sibling? What is that to you? Well, I, I asked for many years for a sibling. Um, and... Uh, you know, was denied constantly, not understanding the sort of dynamic of my parents and the, the what what making a baby uh, means in terms of like the change in your life, right? Like I, I have a much better perspective now with three kids as to what kind of sacrifices my parents were making on my behalf um, at the time uh, through age 10 probably and beyond. I will say that Mia and I did live together for three years from her birth to, um, well, was it? Oh, yeah, I, I feel like it was maybe two years, two and a half years, but, um, you know, sorry, I don't remember, I remember any of that. And you know, my that checks out if you were to, that, that, yeah. right. So, um, I was, I was excited to have a sibling, um, 
I didn't know what that meant. And I don't think um, most kids know what that means. Right. And at 10 years old, I was super excited for it. Um, but as she got older, that waned. No, no. Um, I'm trying to think of how that, like, we joke about it all the time, right? But like all of the, the shit that was mine, all the toys and stuff that I had uh... at that house, right? Like they were then all of a sudden they weren't mine. And I, you know, like that for kids, you know, especially like a 12 year old, 13 year old, that's a, was like, this is my shit. But at the same time, um, what benefited me is that I went to boarding school. So I just sort of left all my shit behind. Right. And like had new shit and new friends and new stuff to worry about and was transitioning into that, you know, the awkward teenage years and high school and those challenges. And so that stuff of like siblings and someone taking your stuff that, that sort of fell by the wayside. Right. And so what I then gained was an appreciation of being able to come home and interact with Mia, um, though, you know, because we didn't live in the same house. Um, and at one point I actually lived in Atlanta. And so my time in New Orleans was was very truncated. It was different. And so those middle years between three and say 13, 14 were different. That We saw each other on a very sort of limited basis and we could enjoy each other's company as siblings, but we were kind of strangers in a, um, in a very real sense, because we didn't have that, you know, constant interaction um, that siblings have. But then she got to the high school years, right? And that was where, like, all of a sudden, you know, I could see um, intrinsically a space where I could come in and say, hey, listen, I've done this. You're about to go through some really crazy shit. Like, boarding school is not... Um, high school is hard, right? Boarding school is like high school on steroids because you can't get away from the people that may be your tormentors or maybe your friends or whatever because you live in the same building as them, right? So you're like surrounded by folks 24 seven and there's a difference in the kinds of friends you have in a boarding school versus the kinds of friends you have in a high school. And I don't discount either, but living with someone sort of 24 seven your friends the first couple of weeks of boarding school are not the friends you are your not your closest friends typically at the end of it because you just have things that mesh differently in that kind of um, environment and so I, I got an opportunity to um, without really realizing it like Mia said provide that I would say less father figure but more like mentor of like hey let me let me provide some guidance where I can about this stuff. And she was in a place where she could hear that guidance and decide whether or not to take it. And I was in a place where I didn't have to see whether or not she took my guidance. Um, and so it was less frustrating, right? So so with, with my six-year-old and I go, hey, like my kids now, and I go, hey, listen, like, I'm trying to help you. You, This is the shit that's going to go wrong if you continue to do this other thing. And they just are like, I'm not going to listen to you. And it's really frustrating <laughs> for me because it's live and direct, right? I think that uh, for me, the, the relationship that we have as siblings is really unique um, as I look around um, some of my other friends. And I think we have a closer relationship in some respects because we... Um, didn't have the opportunity to generate a whole lot of strife between ourselves in the very formative years. Uh, and we could create strife in our sort of adult years 
and also be able to move past it because we didn't have some lingering childhood vendetta about, you know, uh, a Barbie whose hair got all cut off or, you know, Voltron who got bathed with and then rusted himself up and was no longer useful something on those lines. Um, So that's like uh, just a hypothetical, right? Hypothetical. So, but I think, you know, it's, it's really neat. And when, um, when I look at my mother's family, right, and her siblings and the eight of them and the just wild disconnect between them and the sides that they may have taken or the disagreements that they have that are so long standing that they don't talk anymore and and the quirkiness of some of them and how others take it is sad, right? Like it's I, like I look at them and I'm just like, how can you not fucking talk to your brother? like? And we just had an uncle pass away. And it's like, how can like, how can that not bother you as a sibling that one of your siblings is gone and that you're not there or that you don't care to be there? It, it just like, it blows my mind. So I, it, it's hard for me to wrap my head around those kinds of things. And maybe because when you're in a house full of like eight kids and you're all struggling for your parents' attention and you're getting too much of it or too little of it or whatever, and that creates strife between you that, you know, last for decades i don't know we just we got lucky to avoid that yeah that's an interesting perspective that i didn't think about just in in the age gap sense um my my partner has uh four brothers and he's number four in the five ranking and there's a huge gap in between his next oldest brother there's about six years and the everybody in the family always says it feels like we have two families like we mm-hmm. got the the first batch and then the second batch, so it's always that experience is always interesting, and I'm always like, man, how how do you like have those feelings? Because again, you, when you have a friend or when you have somebody you're close with, you know how you relate to them. Like this is my mentor, this is my friend, or this is you know my person I come home to, whatever that is. Like it's just like I don't. It's fascinating to me. Like I never I never see that person in my life. Like oh, there's this biological person that I'm related to or whatever. So I'm always interested in them. The 10 years for you all creates a nuance that's different than um, like, Che, your kids won't have that nuance because of the, you know, the shorter right. years between them. So that's interesting. I wonder if you, there's a, like an oopsie in, in future years. <laughs> maybe, maybe. Um, Don't think so. Just saying. But, uh, <laughs> but no, you're onto something that maybe those like deep seated childhood friction moments between siblings is what you know is it gets in people's bone marrow and then what later in life causes that oh, static yeah. i think that's true for parents and and children too like yeah i'm constantly concerned about some like incidental comment that i make or you know some restriction i put in place or you know I get mad at some point for something that's really trivial. I recognize it's trivial, but I get upset about it. And then that becomes some sort of sticking point in one of my children's lives where they hold on to this random moment that really was not serious, didn't mean anything, but has become this pivotal point in their life where, you know, they change the way that they view the world. And it's like, shit. And I did that in 15 seconds, right? Like, um, and so those are those concerns. And, and they exist, right? Um, because as a child and the way your brain processes things, there are things that I remember a certain way. You start to ask other people about it and they're like, what are you talking about, right? Like, yeah. 
and it's those things, those disconnects that I think, especially in siblings, because there's so much interaction. I watch my two older kids just grind on each other with like the jockeying just to be the first one in the door or like whatever it is they're fighting about. And like, you hope that that you pretend too that like, oh, that's just what siblings do. But you hope that that stuff doesn't stick around and, and mean something later where you could have intervened and been like, you know, and you try like, guys, what are, what are we talking about? Like, we're all going to get in the house within five seconds of each other like this. Not a big deal. But those things start to build up on each other. And maybe that's where the friction comes from. I don't know later yeah. in life. But like looking at my aunts and uncles, sometimes I'm just like mm-hmm. blown away. Like I just the, the disconnect is so crazy. Yeah. Yeah, I see that on my dad's side too, because they're all pretty close. So, I uh, I get that. That's interesting. This is this is very fascinating to me. <laughs> I would also say that you know, like the the two families thing is a really interesting uh, comment. I think for Mia and I, I think Mia's sort of uh, what I would call inherent maturity. Uh, people call it old soul. That I think helps, and then my immaturity right like so there's like the really shortens earth, the gap on both sides. shortens the gap between yeah. us and makes us relatable in a much different way i mean she'll tell you all the time she she's constantly looking at me being like you're a grown 40 something year old man why are you doing that and i'm like because it's fun right like why what does age have to get rid of fun um and so i think that 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 helps us i think as siblings uh and in our family sort of close that gap um but, you know, like we've been lucky to be surrounded by love in very different ways by uh, multiple different people in our family. And um, that helped shape who we are today and help shape our relationship. I think that if we were privy to worse or angrier relationships between the people um, that we were around when we were growing up in our formative years, we might have a different kind of relationship between us. But I think that even those aunts and uncles that are not talking to each other now or disjointed now, um, when we were growing up, they all had a level of love for each other and cohesion that we could feed off of and learn from uh, on both sides of the family, my father's uh, siblings included. And, you know, and then outside of those, their cousins, like, I don't know that that's, I don't know how normal that is, but my father's cousins are also, uh, you know, close to the family and also show these these great pockets and um, of love and uh, caring and looking out for one another that no, I didn't, I don't know that we saw many of our mother's cousins, the ones that we did see and that we did know also brought that sort of pocket of love. And so, you know, we, we were kind of surrounded by people who really believed in the tribe um, as disjointed as our tribe was as separated across the country as our tribe was um really believed in it and i think that's now why you know mia and i find ourselves willing to travel and go find our track down our cousins across the country to spend time with them when we can and when we're available because those connections for us don't just drop off because we haven't seen them in 10 or 15 20 years and i think that's a product of and that's helped us be um, good siblings to each other Uh, yeah i don't want it to sound like we never fight or have disagreements or, or get angry with each other but uh but i think we have a um an ability to process through that a little bit better maybe and not hold on to it i hope right oh 
for sure. But I also did want to say that I got my comeuppance for Voltron because of the tribe that you were talking about. My grandmother had a, a niece and her child um, move in with us when I was coming up. And so all of a sudden, I thought I was, I was like you, Kate. I was eight, and I was like, man, my life is awesome. I have everything I need. Happy meals every day, y'all. Happy meals every day and all my toys, no other kids. And then all of a sudden there was this baby and it was like, "Uh -uh, uh-uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. I didn't sign up for this. And then I went off to boarding school and I came home and my collectible Barbie dolls were destroyed. So, and they were in boxes. Wow. I was saving them. That was going to be my retirement. Mia, let's be clear. Mia did not have that foresight. I was going to say, when you were 14, you were thinking about retirement. No. I mean, I knew I had I had the trash Barbies to play with, but I knew that these were the fancy ones because our grandmother and our abuela every year would buy me. Oh, like, wow. Because Barbie would come out with a collectible yeah. uh-huh. or two every year, and so they would team up and like huh. get me the fancy ones. And then our little cousin Reese wrecked them all. Oh, you just threw him under the bus with his That's name. So well. oh. <laughs> Here we good. were working anonymously and you just threw him under the bus. That's cold blooded. But real quick, because it, there's a you were talking about collectible Barbies. Did you have any of the collectible NBA licensed Barbies? No. Was that a real thing? NBA licensed Barbies? It was a real thing. And apparently, for some reason, there was a whole podcast. I don't know if we call it a podcast, but a news article I listened to um, where the uh, turns out they didn't make very many of the Dallas Mavericks collectible NBA Barbie. And so this this Dallas Mavericks Barbie and anybody who's listening, if it's I got the wrong team, I'm sorry, but I feel like it was the Dallas Mavericks. Um, they, these things are like really, really hard to find. Like people have all what 30, 31 of the 32 teams in this Dallas Mavericks Barbie is the, like the Holy grail, the unicorn, the tough one. So I was like, if you were about to be like, oh yeah. And I totally had Dallas Maverick Maverick Barbie. And I don't know why I hadn't been like, um, I that would have been bad. This. But you are know, you Googling it right for... now? Do we get to Google, Google it? Nailed it. And that was lame. I think you guys should try that again. (laughs) (laughs) This might be a good time for. Anyway, I'm very curious (laughs) about how it looks, because if it was in any way masculine or tomboyish, neither one of our grandmothers would have encouraged me to have it. I just Um, I learned a lot, not only about siblings, but about Barbies just now. I didn't know. Oh, yeah, no, they wouldn't have let me get this. this. They're in uh, jumpsuits, right, or something. Yeah, they're in like basketball uniforms. The ones that that I got were in very fancy ball gowns and like were, gowns for days. Were beautiful, lovely ladies who would never wear red lipstick because it's the color of whores. Yeah, yeah. it is loose women. That's fascinating. Are you googling it too, Kate? I am googling it too right now. And this, yeah, you're right about the Mavericks. That's the one. Useless knowledge stays with me. But I mean, like, maybe. Oh, my God. These two women are crying over this Mavericks. (laughs) That might be the one where. So the news article I listened to, the guy was like, how hard can this be? Really? Like, come Mm -hmm. on. And uh, he managed to track one down. And there's this whole shady thing about like his coworker 
buying it from someone in a truck and like oh, looking at it to make sure it's legitimate and, and then him bringing it to this uh mother daughter duo that had collected them and it yes. a bond between them and um like this was the like thing that that they never were able to find and this dude found it for them yeah this is an espn article a mother's ESPN. Ball to find a dallas mavericks barbie leads to a worldwide chase yeah yeah huh. ESPN. Wow. Yeah. So in the mornings, Google plays me ESPN news in the shower. So, you know, that was All right. What? Okay. Anyway, man, you too. I don't need to know your shower routine. So speaking of showers, let me ask you this quick question. Uh, Have you ever heard about this phenomenon of eating an orange in the shower? Like no. I would never personally eat in the shower because that sounds totally that sounds disgusting, disgusting to me. What is that? But apparently um, eating an orange in the shower is some sort of like, uh, really, you can Google that too. Google that, Google, Google away. <laughs> I'm bringing you all even. kinds of cool stuff. Yeah, yeah. So wait, all have you ever had a shower beer? No, I don't. There's food oh my God, shower beers or what's up? I was just about to say, she's very into this. And then once it was very strange, because once she said shower beer to me, then I heard a stand up talking about it. And then I saw it in an episode. I want to say, Kate's going to love this. It's always sunny in Philadelphia. Ah, oh, <laughs> damn it. <laughs> Philly in the house. Did you, did the you just steam look it up? from it the gorgeous? hot water intensifies the citrusy scent, boosting your mood and reducing stress and anxiety. I got a grapefruit in the house. I wonder. You I can try that. Weed. Same thing, I'm sure. Just honk but, off a bite but, of grapefruit. But grapefruits are disgusting, right? Like. <laughs> I like, I like grapefruit. grapefruit flavored things. I can't yes. eat an actual grapefruit. It's disgusting. Yeah. It's oh, like put a little soap. sugar on it. You put a little right, sugar. But you're not, are you going to bring sugar into There's the shower with sugar. you? And... No, this is, yeah, I'm screwed on that one. But just in general. Man, I feel like we answered all these questions and you didn't get to really answer. Well, I mean, questions. it was a sibling. It was a sibling question on purpose because I was, I wanted to learn more about our guest. And about the experience of, of having a, a brother or sister. So uh, thank you to our special guest for joining us. You're the first. This is great. This is a, a whole new way to live through Great Question with me and Kate and our special guest. Mm -hmm. If you liked what you heard, rate, review, subscribe, share with your friends, share with your sibling. Yep. Share with your made-up sibling if you happen to not have one. So mm -hmm. we look forward to, to talking to you further in future episodes potentially oh boy. we invite you Ooh, back. me yeah you know, i'll come back if the listeners go ape for you then then you're back so it's i'm, up to I'm the glad to bring my own questions next time just a bit more prepared for it great excellent oh boy i don't know that okay all right <laughs> all right on so that you're note scared, you should be scared yeah you should yeah, be scared I'm, I'm a little scared on that note it's been a great one we'll see you back in the next episode.